Hello, everyone. Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. I'm Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. I have a very special episode for us today. I have a sermon that was brought to us by Reverend Titus Shoecraft on August 10th of 2022. The scripture reading comes from the book of Hosea, chapter 11 and verse 8. The sermon is titled, Chords of Love. Brother Titus and his wife, Sister Bethany, serve as pastors at Champion Holiness Mission Church, located in Donna, Texas, near the border of Mexico. I found this quote on their church's website, and I thought it fitting to read to you today. The quote says, It is the goal of Champion Holiness Mission to be a catalyst for other churches to be founded in the U.S. and Mexico, to be a foundation of holiness, from which others may grow and a refuge where those that are weary may find rest, to be a link between the missionary and their mission field. I appreciate the burden and the work that Brother Titus and his wife are doing for God there on the border. And I know that you'll enjoy the sermon today as he preaches to us about chords of love. Thank you for listening. Hosea chapter 11, verse 8. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee? Israel, how shall I make thee as Adma? How shall I set thee as Zebuim? My heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I'd like to focus there on that first part. How shall I give thee up, Ephraim? Amen. Hear this book of Hosea. We know that God commanded Hosea as a prophet to be a living example, to be a living illustration of what was going on. And God told him to uh, how that the children of Israel were prostituting themselves to false gods and to false religions. You see here that he called, told him to name his child Loami, which means you are not my people. Then we read in chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, Say unto your brethren, Ami, which he took that low off, the negative part off, which means you are my people. And so the purpose of this book, you read in this book, and you can kind of contain it in that, you are not my people right now, but I want you to be my people. And in chapter 14, it says, I will heal their backsliding. Verse 4, 14 verse 4, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. Amen. There's two different illustrations here in this book of Hosea, we have Gomer, and he refers to Israel a lot as Ephraim. And I was talking to Brother Chip Roy one time, and I asked him some questions about different things. And he went down a list of different prodigals he saw in the Bible. He said, I've seen Gomer as a prodigal. He said, I've almost preached a series on this. I've seen Gomer as a prodigal, the prodigal son. But you know there, in this book alone, there is Gomer as a prodigal, a woman. But then there is Ephraim as a prodigal, a man, a masculine name. So I'd like to say here tonight, many times we focus, we read that about the prodigal son. 
And we all know there can be prodigal daughters too. But here there is a prodigal son and a prodigal daughter. Amen. So here he comes down. And in chapter 11, this book is a chapter about God's compassion toward Israel. And it is if you are reading the very words of that father while he is sitting and watching, waiting for his son, the prodigal son, to come home here. And I'm going to go through this chapter here in a minute. But it comes down, and I love this verse here. It says, how shall I give thee up? How could I let you go? How could I throw you away, Ephraim? We read here a description of the love of the father. It says, when Israel was a child, verse 1, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Here he refers to his redemption of the children of Israel out of Egypt in verse 1. And he says, I loved him. Out of curiosity, I looked up this Hebrew word for love. And the first time that we encounter this word is in Genesis chapter 22, where God says, Take thy son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Amen. A father's love connected with this word. Amen. My, my, I, when Israel was a child, then I loved him. Here is a father talking about the child whom he loves. And I want to describe to us here tonight the love of a father towards his son. I loved him. I called him. How many times do you hear that word come throughout the day? How many times do we as fathers use the word come throughout the day? Come, son, come eat, come, come and eat, come and uh, wash your hands, come and take a bath, come. And Jesus cries out, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Christ says, come, come unto me. There's a difference between the word go and get out of here and come. I'm trying to talk about a father's love here right now. There are many times whenever a a person that is a sinner feels the conviction of God, they run away from that. But I want to tell you here tonight, when you feel the conviction of God, you are not feeling, go away, you are feeling, come. When you feel all that Holy Ghost Spirit that is coming and touching you and telling you to come to Him, that is a feeling of love where He is reaching out to you and saying, come unto me. He's not telling you to get. He's not telling you to get lost. He's not telling you to move away. He's telling you to come here tonight. This is a term of love. Come, I have called you. And He is still calling you here tonight. A father that is showing his love and calling you here tonight. Come unto me. Here in verse 3 it says, describes to me a very tender action of a father. It says, I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms. In the Spanish Bible this says, I taught Ephraim also to walk taking them by their arms, but they knew not that I healed them. 
Out of curiosity, I, t I, I asked my dad, I said, Dad, where did each of us learn to walk? My dad went down a list. Well, Titus, I think you took your first steps at Gary Hampton's house, or at Brother Gary Hampton's. I think that Luke took his first steps over here at Tanner Williams. And then Brother Ronald Hobby's daughters worked with him and worked with him the next week until he was walking better and better. And then John Mark took his first steps at the parsonage at Fairland. And Brother Joe and Sister Sharon Armbrister were there. And then Stephen took his steps also in the parsonage. But how many of you can remember the time your child took their first steps? There's a lot of work involved in that, isn't there? There's a lot of standing there saying, come on, come on. And then they decide, I'm not going to do it this time. They just go straight to the floor. Or they take a few steps and they fall over. And you've got to pick them up. Amen. What a time of intimacy. What a time of love that is shed. What a time of love is shown in a father teaching a child to walk. But how many more things could we extrapolate this and say? A father teaching his child to ride a bike, to drive a car, to do this first thing and that first thing. There's many first things that fathers teach their children to do. But in this verse we see this closeness of God. He's not a father that is far away. A father that has introduced someone to the world and then leaves and never steps foot back into the place again. He is a God that is close by and He loves you. Amen. 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 I was talking to a young man in the park and I was trying to just you know, give him tracks, get him to come to church, invite him. He said, well, well I am a... Uh, oh boy, the word left me. Not an atheist, a... Uh, Agnostic, he said, I'm an agnostic. Thank you. I said, well, you just believe there might be a God, but he's not involved. You just need to get him involved. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. We have a God that is not as they believe that is far away and is not involved, but he knows every step you take. He knows everything that you do. And this next part says for it, but they knew not that I healed them. Amen. They knew not that I healed them, that I helped them. This word heal could be men to put things together. This word no, they didn't even know that it happened. It could be translated, they didn't even recognize that it happened. And they didn't even teach that it happened. Amen. There's many people. God has helped them keep everything together all of their life but they're not going to recognize that it has happened. Amen. You're not going to recognize it in your own life. And then it says they may te uh, teach that it happened. Amen. Teach that he has healed them. There are people that God has kept their life together, but they're not going to tell their kids about it. They're not going to tell them around, uh, that are around about it, but they're going to keep on walking in their own way. Let me tell you right now, the only reason that you are still here today is because of God Almighty. The only reason that you are able to walk today and talk today and everything is kept together right now is because of God Almighty. He is the one who has mended all things together and is holding all things together right now. By the very word of his power, all things are upheld. By Jesus Christ, all things consist. Amen. And right now, you are held together by the very power of God Almighty. Yeah. Come on, brother. Use him, God. 
Don't forget about it. Don't say, I know it happened, but I'm not going to acknowledge it. Remember, you are held together by him. <laughs> Here it goes on to say in verse 4, I drew them with the cords of a man, with bands of love. I looked up this word cords, it means, can, be, can mean tackling. I instantly thought of a ship. I drew them with cords of a man. I imagine them throwing ropes out to a man that is in the waters, that is, at, that is nigh unto drowning, that they are throwing these ropes over and over again, but it doesn't take one rope, but multiple ropes having to be thrown to this man to pull him out of the water. Amen. Saving in this. I drew them with cords of a man with bands of love, I was as to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. That speaks of liberty. I laid meat unto them. That takes a, talks of continual care. He referred to Egypt earlier. Here he redeemed his son. He pulled them out of Egypt. He broke the yoke off of their neck. That talks of love and liberty. He loved them and redeemed them. He, he broke the yoke off of their neck. He gave them liberty. But then he set meat before them. I laid meat unto them, he says here. We know that he continuously took care of them in the wilderness. He gave them manna. He gave them uh, quail to eat. He gave them what they needed. Gave them water to eat. Amen. I'm talking about here today. He has pulled you. He is willing to give you liberty here tonight. He has pulled you with ropes of love here tonight. He is trying to show you how much he loves you here tonight. He has pulled and pulled and pulled. But not only has he pulled, he has tried to take care of you day after day after day. Again, here tonight, I want to refer back to this as a cord of love. He is extending love to you here tonight. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 that the sinner treasures up to the day he treasures up the wrath of God, and we know that for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right now, you as a sinner are treasuring up the wrath of God. And the wrath of God abides on the unbeliever. But let me tell you right now, you will not receive that recompense right now. You will not receive what you deserve right now. But that day is coming. But right now, he's drawing you with cords of love. He's not throwing his wrath upon you, but he is drawing you with cords of love right now. Right now, you have the love of God extended towards you. Right now, you have the love of God shown to you. Don't forget that he is reaching out to you in love right now. He goes on to say here, verse 8, How shall I give thee up? I'd like to just say this in a different way here tonight. God is saying, I can't forget you. God is saying, I can't throw you away. God is saying, I can't leave you. Amen. God is saying, you are not 
Just a throwaway item. You are not something that is recyclable. You're not one of those. I cannot leave you. Amen. I'm not going to give up on you here tonight. That's what he's saying. He's going to keep trying to pull and keep trying to pull and keep trying to pull. That's what he's saying here tonight. I'm going to keep trying. I had a young man come to my church. I, I had it planned on teaching on uh, personal evangelism. Going down the Romans Road, and as I stood there before church, this young man and this young woman came up to the door, came up and they said, can we come in? Yeah, come on in. They came in. And instead of teaching on personal evangelism, I went down the Romans road that I was going to go down. And evangelism was illustrated there that night. The young woman came up to the front. But the man, young man stayed in the, at his seat shaking. And I went back to him. I, his name was Benny. And I said, sir, would you come up to the altar and pray? And he said, I, it's too late. Showed me some tattoos he had on him. He said, I'm already a marked man. He had different tattoos of Satanism. Different I'm a marked man. I can't. It's too late. I said, no, it's not too late. He said, but I've already killed someone. I said, it's not too late. Hey, Amen. Hey, Amen. And I want to tell somebody it's not too late here tonight. It does not matter what you have done or what you are going through. It's not too late. Right. Amen. Another woman came at another time and I went back to her and I talked to her. And she said, I've tried it before and it's never worked. Try again. Amen. It's not Jesus that is the one who's failing. Amen. Come back to Jesus. He is all powerful. He can take care of you. Come back to him. God tells them he cannot give them up how shall I give thee up how shall I deliver thee shall I make you like Adman and shall I set thee as Ebuim these were cities around Sodom and Gomorrah I believe mine heart is turned within me my repentings are kindled together he had reasons to leave them they, in verse 2, it says they sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. In verse 7, it says, my people are bent to backsliding from me. They refused and they refused and they refused and they refused. They worshiped false gods and worshiped false gods and worshiped false gods. Yeah. But here he says, I cannot leave them. Right. I just want to reemphasize this here tonight. God is trying to throw you cords of love. Yes. God is trying to show you here tonight. He loves you and he's not going to leave you. He's going to keep pulling for you until you come to him.
Sister Donna Williams at our church came faithfully for many years praying, had a husband that fought her as far as I know the entire time. And if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry. But after she died, her husband comes and he gets saved. Hallelujah. And he went and he got his sister and brought her and she got saved. And brought his daughters. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you here today. Let me tell you here today. Don't give up. God isn't giving up here tonight. God isn't giving up here tonight. He's still pulling you with cords of love. I thought of Jonah. Jonah, the Bible says there were four things. I believe it was he prepared to get Jonah turned around. The book of Jonah, we focus a lot of times on the revival at Nineveh, but God was working on Jonah through the entire book. He prepared a storm, first of all. Then they threw him overboard and God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Amen. I don't believe this was a fish that we can find today. It was a fish God prepared. Then, after Jonah had preached and he was sitting out there, God prepared a vine to cover him. And then God prepared a worm to get rid of the vine. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, God will go through what he needs to go through to try to get you to come to him. And I'm trying to tell you right now, God is throwing rope after rope after rope trying to show you that he loves you here tonight. God is pulling and he is pulling and he is pulling right now trying to get you to know that he loves you and wants you to come to him here tonight. Hallelujah. I thought of Adoniram Judson. A young man raised strict, raised in the house of God. But when he went to college, he got around some skeptics. And a young man named Jacob Eames was one of his chief friends and the skeptics, and he began to not believe in God and different things. It came one night that God placed them where that he did not know, but he was on a trip, and he ended up in a hotel room. And he did not know, but the man next door was dying, and they... All night long he heard this man crying out and screaming. And in his, while he was dying, all the agony that he was in and all the lostness that was going on and all of that. And the next day he asked what that young man's name was that was dying. And it was his best friend, Jacob Eames. And he realized that young man did not die in peace. That young man did not die as a young man that does not believe in God, as a how that we thought we would die. He died with complete lostness. He died with complete unrest. And he got shook up and he came back to God. And we know the end of the story, how that we went to Burma and became a missionary over there. But God did what he needed to do to get this young man to wake up and to come back to him. Hallelujah. There was a pastor in Mexico that when he was lost, he used to work, and there was this man that would come by every day selling used auto parts. And every day this man 
would talk to him about God. And finally, this brother, he said, I'm going to wait till Wednesday night to call him and tell him what parts I need. I'm going to wait till right at closing time because I know he's going to have to go to church and he won't talk to me tonight because I'm going to do it right at closing time where he can't, he's got to sell me them parts and he's got to leave without talking to me about God. And they went and he bought all the parts he needed and the man sat there and the man closed his book up and looked at him and he started talking about God. Hallelujah. And he gave up and he got saved. Hallelujah. Why am I trying to tell you here today? God will do what he can to get you to come to him. Amen. Let's all stand here tonight. If someone would come to the music. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's raise our hands right now. Let's ask God to touch somebody's heart. Oh, Lord, move right now, Jesus. God, move right now, Jesus. God, help somebody to feel those cords of love right now, God. You are here tonight and God is trying to pull you to him. You need to come and you need to pray and be saved. You don't need to come for me. You don't need to come for anyone in this building. You need to come because Jesus is calling you. Don't come to please your family. Don't come to please anyone else. Come because Jesus is talking to you right now. (laughs) Jesus is pulling you right now. He wants you to come to him. Reach out and feel the love of God right now as he is pulling for you right now. He's trying to save your life and throwing you lifeline after lifeline. Come to me. Come to me here tonight. Come to me, he calls. Come to me right now and be saved. Come to me right now and be set free. Come to Jesus right now. These altars are open. Please come to him. Come to Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. We don't know how many chances we get, but God is offering you a chance right now. Amen. Amen. He's calling you to come. He's calling you to come. Everybody gather around the altars here tonight. Let's have a time of prayer. If you're lost here tonight, come. There is no valley, is no darkness, is no sorrow greater than the grace of
Jesus, there is 